Welcome back, fight fans, to another episode of the Ultimate MMA Podcast. I hope you're all well. We're going to be sinking our teeth into the world of MMA this week, talking UFC 259, Cage Warriors the Trilogy, and MMA Excuses. I'm your host, Jake Jones, and joining me today is the usual suspect in our guy, Sean Gilly. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? MMA Excuses. Oh, I'm <laughs> looking funny. forward to We've had a few this week. But yes, we do actually have another guest this week. For this week's episode, I am super excited about this one. He is one of the UK's brightest prospects. At the age of 27, this man has 22 professional MMA fights. He's the former Cage Rose Bantamweight champion and is on the verge of breaking into that top 15 UFC rankings. It's the one and only Nathaniel the Prospect Wood. How are things, man? Good, mate. Good. How are we doing? Absolutely great, mate. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I thank mean, you for having me. We're going to kick straight into it. How's training going at the moment? How's everything with you? You just mentioned a second ago you've got an injury. Tell us about it. Yeah, unfortunately, um, you know, during my last fight, the one which was against Casey Kenny, um, I damaged my hand during the fight. And, you know, further scans showed that I... In best terms to put it, I've basically pushed the tendon off the knuckle, but not completely. So, you know, if, if I had knocked the tendon completely off the knuckle, then I wouldn't even be able to, you know, use my fingers, use my hand. And yeah. So the doctor said, you're lucky in that sense, but you're also unlucky because he said you've done a significant hand injury here. And, um, you know, I had to rest it and take some time off. And, you know, getting back to normal, things were looking good, the hand was doing well and, you know, wrestling the other day, I just caught it at a funny angle and we're back to square one. Man. You know, I've, I've torn the ligaments in there and, yeah, I've messed it up. So, I'm not sure what the what the um, the crack is at the moment. Well, I'm just waiting for the ultrasound um, results to come back, but it may need an operation, but hopefully not. So, man, I'm so sorry. Hit. So, yeah, I was going to say. Other than that, I mean... training had been good. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was literally Monday. I did this, so um, oh, yeah, I'm just going to work on the cardio, you know, and do what I can. Try and build some abs of steel, and uh, you know, try and uh, get better in some areas. Anyway, you know, well, it's hard to train MMA with that other hand, but everything <laughs> you can do, man, you're gonna you're gonna smash it. I mean. You said a second ago it was against the Kenny Kenny fight back in November that so yes. it's it's obviously taken a while to recover and then literally this week has put it back out. Yeah, again. yeah, it literally I think it took about I'd say about a month, you know, of good rest and stuff, yeah. and then I was starting to get back to normal slowly. Um, but yeah, you know, the other day I just landed on it so awkwardly and yeah. it's just just destroyed it again, basically. So, so did throughout the Kenny fight, did you feel that happen? Like, was it a specific point in the fight? Yeah, straight away, really. Um, you know, he has a he has a block head. He has a hard head, you know. <laughs> I punched it and just thought, oh, man, that hurt. So, I think I've blown the, the capsule, I think the doctor said as well. The, 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 there's a capsule in your knuckle or something. You know, I'm not, the, I'm not the best at describing what the doctors say. But, yeah, he, he wasn't too impressed with it, that's for sure. But, so, yeah, it is what it is, you know. Obviously, I know we said a minute ago we're going to be talking about excuses. Do you, do you think that changed the fight, though? Is that something? Because one thing I want to put out there straight from the off, I genuinely thought you won that fight. I was watching it. It might have been for the sake that I obviously follow you, me and you have chatted in the past. I was I was watching you more closely. But I think that yeah. was a very, very close fight. Um, how did you feel about the way that the matchup went? I generally thought I'd done enough um, to win the fight. You know, that's why after, you know, I got up on the cage and, you know, I was I was pretty confident I'd done it. Um, 
but yeah, you know, obviously not. You know, the judges saw it go the other way. I I would agree that it was very close. You know, I'm not I'm not saying that he I got robbed or anything like that at all. Um, but yeah, you know, it was a super super close fight. I feel that you know the takedown attempts that he tried. You know, I, I kind of stuffed them, and you know, he wasn't wasn't able to get me on the ground. So for me, I would have kind of you know edged edged a point towards me there. But you know, apparently. He, he got two takedowns according to the, the yeah. judges. So correct me if I'm wrong. Did one judge call it thirty twenty seven for Casey? He he did, mate. He That's, did. So. That is mad. Yeah, that that was <laughs> annoying for sure. But you know, even if he hadn't, I guess I would have still lost. So yeah, no, no, yeah. I get that, mate. But still, yeah, that was something that I remember actually sitting there thinking, this is mental. And don't get me wrong, it's not the first time we've ever seen it, and it won't be the last. But it's a shame when we do see it. Um. Now, Casey's gone on to face Dominic Cruz this weekend. Um, I mean, that's crazy to think that it's gone from that from yourself to, to Cruz. Is that the same fight that you would have asked for? Is that is that um, the fight that was maybe pitched beforehand at all? Yeah, for sure. If, if I got off of Cruz, you know, I would have, would have taken that straight away. Um, it's a little bit gutting, you know, because I'm like, man, I, I feel like that should be me. But in the same sense, you know, I wouldn't have been able to fight now anyway because of the injury. Um, sure, sure. So, you know, I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. But, you know, it's, it's, it's good for, for Casey. And, you know, obviously he's a former opponent. So hopefully, you know, he goes in, wins, looks good. And, you know, if he puts a good performance on against Cruz better than he did myself, you know, that mm. kind of shows the level that I'm at. So absolutely, it's exciting I mean, to see, for sure. Well, because that, that was one thing I, I wanted to talk about. And it's, it is old news now, but I still want this fight made. <laughs> One fight that's always brought up to yourself is the Marlon Vera fight. Now, yeah. Vera last time out lost to Aldo, um, and the guy you fought is now fighting the 11th ranked guy. For me, Vera being ranked 15, surely this is now the fight to make? Or, I mean, there's a few other good matchups there, but I still think that's a fight that the UFC need to look at and say, especially if they can get like a, um, a, a London card going on. I mean, that yeah. is. Up it there. makes sense to me. It makes sense to me. You know, that's a fight that I've been asking for since um, since after my debut. You know, even when my, my coach Brad Pickett lost to him, you know, I said that I'm going to beat that guy when you know I get to the UFC. So um, for sure, that's that's definitely one that I would like. And if the UFC can put it on, then amazing. Um, but also in the in the same breath, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be injured for. So you know, I, I can't expect um, Marlon to wait around, but. No, absolutely, but yeah. I, I mean, I think one thing that's nice with yourself is, I mean, we spoke, I think, last May, and you said the same <clears> thing, you want that fight. So throughout it, anytime anyone's asked you this, you have said you want this fight. So I hope yeah. that that's the same case with Marlon, because I know Marlon does reply to some of the stories about him and say, oh, yeah, I do, yeah, I'll fight him, and then it never seems to be made. So I'm hoping that, obviously, said you've stayed true to your word throughout it. Um, hopefully he does the same, and the matchup would be great if it was made. Um, yeah, yeah but... everything my end, you know, we're asking for it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. unless it's the UFC that just don't want that fight to happen, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's on him. On it's on him and his manager, you know, because my end, we've covered it, and you know, we're asking for it. So well, you mentioned the, the your coach Brad Pickett and the loss there. I think that's what makes this fight so great as well. Is the narrative is also there. Um, that I wouldn't say there's bad blood between you guys, but there's just there is that narrative. There's a little bit of beef, and I think it would make for a fantastic fight. Because this is what you've proved throughout your fights as well, is that they haven't just been... It's not as if you haven't been ready for that. <coughs> Every single time you've put on an incredible performance that everyone afterwards, all on social media, have said, win or lose there, that was insane. 
So th- th- I'm hoping the UFC see that as well because that's why this this Vero matchup for me screams a main card in London. Yeah, you know, stylistically, he's a great matchup for me. And he's a good draw. You know, he's got a good following on Instagram. You know, I can't knock him. The guy's very talented. So, you know, that's why I want to fight him. And, you know, we've had a bit of back and forth on Twitter. And, you know, I wouldn't really say it's it's, be- it's not beef. You know, at the end of the day, it's nothing personal with me. But, you know, I know he was getting a little bit upset. So, you know, it, it makes for an exciting fight, that's for sure. Absolutely, man. And talk to us about um, life outside of MMA there. I know you, you said you, you purchased your house recently. Is there any ventures going on at the moment? I know Prospect Apparel seems to be booming. How's life outside of, of in the octagon? Yeah, life's good, mate. It's, it's pretty um, quiet at the moment. You know, obviously there's not much we can do because of the, the whole situation with the world at the moment, COVID and everything. It's It's been uh, frustrating, I think is the, is the correct term. Mm-hmm. You know, I would like to, especially at the moment while I can't train, there's a lot of stuff that I'd like to be doing and, you know, I wouldn't mind going on a couple of, little travel experiences but you know i'm gonna have to wait for that so um yeah you know other than i bought my first property i've been working on it and you know trying to um you know just settle down and get a, a nice home for my future family yeah, you know when i have kids eventually i i want to have them you know brought up in a nice you know a nice place i don't want it to be run down or anything so yeah, yeah. you know that's that's been keeping me busy and um I've actually got a, a dog on the way. I've I've got a Belgian Malinois coming. Oh, so, mate. Um, I don't know if you've seen them, but that's going to be keeping me busy for, for sure. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, man, I'm excited. That's... I'm excited to get him. Have you got dogs already? Well, I've got a stack, but yeah, that's so, my, yeah. my, my family dog. So yeah. that's back at home with my parents. There's that awesome um, photo with you and the staff, isn't there? It, it looks yeah, like oh, it's that... Peaky Blindery. No, that, that was, that's my friend's dog. That's a Bully XL. Is it? Um, oh, that's yeah, awesome. so that that photo is something else. It's very <laughs> yeah. Cool, those those dogs are hard to handle. You know, they're they're about fifty five kilos. So <laughs> you know, trying to hold on to a dog that's pulling you at fifty five kilos when I only weigh about seventies is hard work. Absolutely, man. Some big old power with them. But man, I'm, I'm sure. really glad to hear everything's going well with you. Um, hopefully, mate, the hand heals up as soon as possible because. It would be great to see you back in there, and unfortunately, as you said, you would like to be doing some travelling if you were injured, and the current climate we're in, there is no travelling, so... Um, yeah, exactly. It's, know, not, it's not the greatest, but I'm glad to hear the I, house is there. I, I try to take positives from everything, so, mm. you know, I just kind of use this time to, as you say, work on my business, you know, prospect apparel, I'm trying to, you know, focus on that, I'm trying to build up my, my cardio base a little bit more, my strength conditioning, and, you know, I just do everything that I possibly can around the hand, so... Mate, I'm glad to hear it. You know, let's go on to some of the uh, the topics, and we're going to cover throughout the show. We've got a lot to get into, and first and foremost, let's get straight into the big guns, guys. UFC 259 <laughs> hits our screens this weekend for one of the best cards I think we've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Sean, Nate, what are you guys' thoughts on this stacked card? Sean, you far away. Me first. Three title fights says it all, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to the main event. Anasandia yeah, moving up the weights against Jan. I don't really know what's going to happen. I haven't got a prediction yet. Oh, oh, we'll get one out oh, of you for yeah, sure. I know you will. What about you, Nate? <laughs> what do you think about this card? Mate, I'm thinking all of the underdogs are going to do it. I have a feeling that um, uh, Israel, I don't think, is going to be able to, to handle Jan at... Um, uh, like heavyweight, mm-hmm. you know, I just think he's going to be too powerful for him, mm-hmm. especially if it gets in close. You know, and you know, you, you don't want to be getting hit at that 
that weight. So totally I have a feeling that he's going to do it. I have a feeling that Megan Anderson might do it, yes, which yeah. everyone's disagreeing with me. No, you know, I agree, no one, I agree. I agree. Yeah, no one's agreed yet. And <laughs> wow. I also, you know, I'm rooting for Adrian Sterling. I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to win. I reckon even I reckon a decision, but I, I can see a submission coming. You know, I just have that mm. feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully my bets come in because I'll get good odds for this. And you know, <laughs> nice. um, I could do it with a little bit extra money. So yeah, you know, that's that's my thoughts on the main card. Yeah. But as we were talking about earlier, you know, I'm really looking forward to Dominic Cruz and Casey Kenny. You know, that's that's going to be an exciting fight for me personally to watch. Well, that's that's some of the exciting things here is that. Yes, we have the three title fights, but some of the other fights on the card are seriously good. That, yeah. that Sean Brady fight with Jake Matthews, I mean, that is a... Whoever wins that, I think, is going to have a good run. I think they're going to get some really decent fights ahead of them because they're both young. Their, their, their <coughs> records are very, very good for their age, so I think that's going to be interesting. And then, as you said, the Kenny and Cruz matchup to close the prelims is mental. Um, but you, you said it a second ago that you're rooting for Sterling, and I'm glad to see that that's something that kind of... Yeah. I think... This fight is a is a blockbuster match because it is it's almost the, the fight where I think both these guys are so well matched and they're so good at different things that it's going to be <clears throat> one of the fights that I, I really don't know how it's going to go down. I think Yan, Peter Yan has that power that's just scary for the size he's at and, and his striking is so good. <clears throat> but then Sterling last time out against Sandhagen, that was the perfect fight to play. Everyone says, oh, we didn't see enough of him. You don't need to see enough when you go in there and take someone down in the first minute and exactly. submit them. Um, he's done his job. So that's what I think is going to be interesting here is against Jan and Sterling, do we see Sterling go in there and try and test Jan? Again, something that we haven't seen him, him necessarily too tested against. Or do we see, we've seen Sterling knocked out in the past, do we see Jan throwing them knees, throwing them kicks, even elbows in the clinch and potentially catching Sterling again? Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting fight. But I think I'm going to go for Sterling. I think this is going to be Jan's Ooh. hardest test. Yes. Yeah. I think Sterling will take yeah, it. Yeah, I, I think he's put on Twitter, I think he's openly said, you know, I'm going to be taking you down. Um, <laughs> so for me, I think this is a real old school kind of grappler versus striker. Mm. I think Adrian Sterling's just going to be, you know, diving for those takedowns. And I think the, I think you're going to be able to tell from the first round who's going to win. You know, I think if Adrian Sterling can't take him down in the first round, and, you know, um, Peter Yarn just catching him with shots I think you know that might be the end of the fight but you know if Adrian Sterling can take him down push him up against the cage and just out grapple him you know get his muscles burning I think you know I think he's going to take it absolutely well secondly the, the, the second fight to talk about the female goat returns Amanda Nunes the lioness is back to face the rising Australian star Megan Anderson I'm going to crack straight into this one for me Nunes is a different animal I know Nate you said a second ago that you oh. think uh and some might shock people here. I think Nunes is the greatest female fighter of all time. I think she continues this on Saturday night. Don't get me wrong, I really like Megan. I think she's got a really good striking ability. I think she does have the potential to get uh, Nunes out there. But for me, I think Nunes is far too tough. And I think that Anderson's striking defence could be what let, lets her down here. I think in the past, in, in some of her fights, we've seen her guard down a little bit. And we know how good Nunes is. Um, and I think we've seen Nunes knock out someone like Cyborg. Um, I think that might be what we see in the first round on Saturday night. What's your guys' thought? Nate, you far away. See, for me, I, I 100% Amanda Nunes is the GOAT. But, you know, she is the greatest of all time. But I, I just have that feeling that 
you know, every champion eventually has their um, their fall, and I just feel like Megan Anderson's going to do it. You know, it's if you said to me now they both turn up on the night at their very best, and I think Amanda Nunes, of course, does it every time. Mm-hmm. But I just have that feeling that you know it's going to be a, a bit of a shocker for everyone, and you know, I think I, I just don't know. I don't know. I could be completely wrong, and you guys are going to sit there and say, "Come <laughs> on, Nate, <laughs> you know how did your bets go?" But yeah, I, I, I think Meg, Megan's going to do this one. Well, no, Sean, you're agreeing, aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, I'm agreeing with Megan. Megan. I'm just gonna, I reckon Amanda Nunes is going to run in and Megan's going to be on the back foot. But it's going to be like long range. It's going to be rangy. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard for Amanda Nunes to get in. Because she is strong as well. Megan is strong. Yeah. seen that in the last fight. Well, I think that is the same with Grace Ranson is that how tall she is and her range. And she's so good at using it. So if her kicks yeah. are on point in the night, if I uh, strike it from distances, I think she could shock us. Um, as I said, I do think Nunes will take it. I would like to see Anderson take it. Um, but I think what, one thing people overlook here is they say, what's Anderson got to do to finish in there? Sometimes it's not just about that. It's going to be her defence as well. So if she is able to use, utilise that range, utilise that natural gift she has, she could make it a closer fight than people think it's going to be. Um, just the other thing to talk about with this, what's your guys' thoughts on if this fight should have been made? People have been kind of writing Anderson off already, saying this is just like feeding the lion. It, it's just been made because there isn't any more competition. Mm. I partially agree with that there isn't the full division there. But equally, I think there's no doubt for me that Megan is deserving of a shot. And for me, if she, get, she got the title, she's incredibly marketable. She's one of the people yeah. who everyone knows who she is. I, if there's not enough competition in, the, in, in that division, <coughs> that's not her fault. She just takes what she's given there. What's your guys' thoughts? Yeah, 100%. I think that, you know, obviously the fact that she's got a huge following as well, that always helps. You know, that's always going to have, have um, you know, pay-per-views. People are going to tune in and watch it. So, you know, I do think that that does help her. And, you know, as you said, it's not it's not her fault. And also it's not Amanda's fault. If You know, there's no one else in the division really that can, you know, test her. It's, you know, we've seen it in the past with, you know, uh, like Ronda Rousey, um, and it's the same thing. You know, she's—they call her the goat for for the reason. You know, absolutely. What about you, Sean? Exactly. Uh, there's no—I like, don't think there's anyone to test them on Nunes. But so if Megan Aston jumps in, like she can be the first woman to bring it back to um, Australia. Yeah. Imagine that. That'd be crazy. It would be amazing. That's what I mean. Crack on with it. Like, so she should take that shot. She's not going to go. No, I'm not going to take this shot because because I don't. No, she's going to take it. Um, yeah. The final one to talk about the battle of the big boys. Now, this is the fight everyone is waiting for. This is the fight that will go down in history, regardless of who wins this. Um, for me, I love this fight because on one hand, you've got a guy who proves that hard work really pays off. This is Jan Blasiewicz is a guy who went in his UFC career two and four in his first six fights. And then since 2017, he's turned that to 8-1 and one in the lead-up to this fight. That's an awesome story. Someone who genuinely was on the verge of being cut and just worked hard, ground down, and he now <coughs> exemplifies Polish power every time he steps in there. Um, obviously, him winning the belt was an amazing sight, but now he comes up against Israel Adesanya, 20-0, city kickboxing phenom, a guy who looks very impressive um, in, in every single fight, and he looks like he grows in every single fight. My first verdict on this, I guess, is I think I would have been worried for Izzy before this fight, but because we've seen Izzy fight Costa now, who's practically a light heavyweight, I think Costa's actual weight gain puts him into light heavyweight the next day of the fight. Um, I think that we've now seen Adesanya tested against someone with that much power. However, 
I think take something from what Nate said earlier. <coughs> if there's if the distance is closed, I think Adesanya is on the back foot. That I think that's where Adesanya needs to keep away from. Because yes, he's got this great Muay Thai striking. Uh, if he gets caught with a hook from Blashevich, <laughs> I think he goes out. So uh, Nate, give us your thoughts on how how this uh, fight plays out. Well, did you not see that um, you know Costa was hung over on their fight? So <laughs> you know we can't really go against that. But yeah, yeah. Nah, all joking aside, um, yeah, I just have a feeling that you know Yan's gonna gonna do him. I just I don't know. I just have that feeling again. It's a weird one because you know Adesanya is so good, he's so talented, but I just have a feeling that he's gonna get clipped, and you know it's that power that's behind him, you know and. I just have a feeling that, you know, it's going to be, uh, he's going to get close, he's going to clip him and, you know, I, I just see that happening. But, you know, it, it is MMA and I guess anything, you know, can, anything happen. can happen. What about um, you, Sean? I think, like you were saying, if Jan gets near him and gets close to him and he clips him, that's Anasandia out and that'll look horrible. But mm. um, I'm thinking if Anasandia works for his kickboxing, stays long, maybe you could catch him with, like, a crazy spinner head kick. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know. this is something I've noticed in this previous fight. Against Costa, Adesanya throws that question mark kick faster than you yeah. can throw a jab. It's crazy. So I do think that's something that obviously Blashwich has to watch out for because if, if that catches anyone, they go out. But I think this is the matter of if it's in range, it's Adesanya's fight to lose. Mm-hmm. If it's Blashwich, sorry, other way around, it's Blashwich's fight to lose. If Blashwich is able to get in range, he will catch him. Um, and if, yes, if it's the other way around, if it's at distance, I think... Adesanya is that skilled in striking that he can piece him up throughout the fight, run him down, and if he gets to the third or fourth round and Blasevich hasn't been able to land too much, I think then we'll see Adesanya ease it out. And I do think, for me, although I don't want to see Jan lose the title, I would like to see Adesanya remain undefeated because mm-hmm. that John Jones matchup really <laughs> does make sense to me. It, well, I say it makes sense. I think that makes for a brilliant fight. I think that makes for a big super fight. And a fight that I'd like to see. But if Jan... It'll be history out, as well. Yeah. He makes history if he's... Uh, I think I saw the only two-weight two champion to be undefeated in, in both classes, obviously. So Of course he will, yeah, yeah. You know, that'll be, uh, that'll be cool if he can do that. A very cool story. And as I said, a guy who's, who's marketed himself very well in this sport and has backed up with the way he fights. So it would be nice to see. Um, but I think there's no doubt that it's going to be a good fight. Let's just get a, a one-word prediction on it then. <laughs> Nate, who takes it? Um, da, 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 uh, Yan, third round, KO. Sean? Oh, see, he's coming me. I don't know. I'm going to go Anasanya, second round. I don't know why. I don't even know what to predict. I really don't. Uh, not on. knockout. Okay, um, take you. I'm going to say Yan, second round KO. Oh, here we go. It's a 2 one. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> right. That was great taking to UFC 259, guys. Thank you for that. Just before we head off that topic, I'm just, I just want to bring up one more thing about the Dominic Cruz fight. So, a lot of people are questioning why on earth Dominic Cruz is closing off the prelims. Um, I think I've got a thought towards it. Do you guys have any... Do you, do you guys think this was initially what was meant to happen? Or do you think that the Casey Kenny controversy... Uh, where he made the sexualizing, degrading comments about Anderson. Do you think that has made basically the UFC say Casey's <clears throat> taking a step down on the card? What's your guys' thoughts? Um, I, I don't, I don't think it's that. You know, no. I generally just think that the card's stacked, and 
you know, maybe they're going to, you know, it's been a few years since Dominic Cruz has had a win and, That's you know, true. obviously Casey Kenny's not got a huge following at the moment. Um yeah, that's what what I think. No, yeah, that's I totally agree. That's fair enough. I think the the controversy caused with Kenny, annoyingly, he was so stupid doing it. In my opinion, <laughs> it was just. I think obviously, like Nate, you'll know you've been in the sport now. You, you've been very high up in this game. There's a level that you need to kind of approach something like that and not make a stupid comment. I think there's a time where he might have not realised how bad, it, how much it was going to get out there. But I do think. Um, you, you do have to approach this and know that you always have to have your guard up and make sure you don't say anything like that. Um, I think that's a shame that that's kind of... I say shame. I think Casey was stupid for doing that. Um, I would prefer to see Cruz higher up on the card. I genuinely think that, yes, he's he's obviously... He hasn't had a win in a couple of years, but I think Dominic Cruz is still one of the biggest draws to talk about. Um, still one of the guys that if he's on a card, um, you would say, <coughs> shit, Cruz is fighting that night. That's insane. I don't think putting him on the prelims makes you go, oh, no, that's that's awful. I just think that it would be nice to have seen Cruz on the main card. I think he deserves that, considering his last fight was for the title. Mm-hmm. Um, but, as I said, it's, it's a really good fight, and I'm glad that, obviously, Nate, you're you're very interested to tune into that, because, for yourself, that could be a very, very interesting result. And uh, whoever's in that fight could be one of your next opponents, which would be great to see. Exactly that, mate. I can't wait to see it. Well, let's hand on to another thing. Uh, another promotion. Nate used to fight with them, Cage Warriors. Um, these last few days, their trilogy is <clears> absolutely <throat> booming, and the fights they have made look incredible. But the biggest news recently, I think it came out yesterday, Friday night's uh, trilogy event, the welterweight tournament put on that will feature the UFC veteran Rustin Ackman, the former title challenger Jack Grant, the Latvian Express Madaz Flaminas, and of course... The future Ian Gary. What do you guys think of this event? Nate, please go first. Uh, well, for me, with Cage Warriors, you know, they always put on a great show, put on a great event, and, you know, I can't say that I've watched all of them fighters, mm-hmm. um, myself personally, but, you know, the, the, the tournaments, they're always exciting, and, you know, I've seen uh, Jack Grant fight, I've seen Ian Gary fight, and, you know, they're both talented, and, you know, they, they make for good... Um, good champions i haven't seen the other two mm. uh, personally so Ackman i can't was, really um, judge in the ufc so i think he was 6-0 when he came into the ufc but he lost his first two fights so he's now been really? taken out of uh released from the ufc and that's i think why cage rosa picked him up because he has got the ufc experience um flaminas is one that everyone has kind of questioned a bit here uh, he's got a good record but um i think it's because he he lost to a mateus figlak recently um and I think people are kind of questioning why Figlak isn't in there then. If Figlak beat him, why is he there? Um, but I get that maybe it's because it was Figlak's first fight in the promotion. And I get that Flamina has has fought some of the bigger guys there. So that might be why they put that on. Either way, I think it's an incredibly exciting tournament. I want to go straight out there and say I think we might see Ian Gary get that belt underneath him. Um, if he can beat a UFC-tested guy like Ackerman, who is very good at wrestling... That's something that obviously Ian's known for a strike and how good he is there. If we can see that, and then Ian has said that he wants Grant in the final, that's a guy with 22 pro fights. This That would be Ian's seventh pro fight if he gets to the final. <laughs> if we see him beat, beat him there, then I think Ian Gary really will be the future. Um, and I think that then we'll see him move from the UFC there. Either way, as you said, Nate, Cage has put on fantastic <clears throat> events, and I think they've really grasped this trilogy idea well. 
the UFC had the budget to put on some events throughout throughout 20, uh, 2020. But for me, K-Draw is putting them all together in one under one roof for three nights. It was a brilliant idea. What do you guys think about it? Yeah, I think it's, you know, K-Draw, as I say, always always do good shows. I think they're the biggest promotion outside of UFC. You know, arguably, obviously, Bellator as well. But, you know, I like how K-Draw has run, run, their, um, run their show. And, you know, I think for Ian, Gary, his motivation is going to be so high that I think, you know, he's going to do it as well. Obviously, yeah. coming when you cut from the UFC, I can't imagine your motivation is going to be extremely high when you're fighting on a promotion below it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's something that can play a factor in this fight. You know, it could make a huge difference just going in with that extra motivation, knowing that, you know, you win this belt and, you know, you could then, then potentially get signed. Absolutely, mate. Mm-hmm. I mean, take us back to when you were signed. How, how did you feel when you got offered that contract? Oh, it was amazing. Um, for me, I, I personally didn't... I, I already knew it was going to come. You know, mm-hmm. I already had got offered a fight before my final Cage Warriors um, uh, matchup. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, I had already signed my Cage Warriors bout agreement. So I had to kind of go through with it. And the fight that I got offered from the USC was on very short notice. So, you know, after I I obviously knocked out Luca Ovin in about... 30 seconds, 40 seconds, I knew that, you know, I knew that the UFC, they had no choice but to come call in. And, you know, when I, obviously I got that call, it was a nice feeling. It was a, a proud moment, should I say, um, but expected, you know, I didn't expect anything else. And, you know, that's, that's the rest is history. Absolutely, man. I mean, just one thing off the bat there, is there any fight that you look at that you've had in the past that you sign off as your favourite fight so far? I mean, one that's obviously <clears throat> very well remembered is your fight with Josh Reed, because yeah. the comeback there was just <laughs> awesome. the 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 way that fight went down just showed it, just proved so true to your heart how good you are, and just literally went down in history. Is there any fight that you take that that you go that was my favorite time stepping in that cage? Uh, well, obviously the Josh Reed one now I would say was the, my most favourite fight, but at the time it wasn't. You know, at the time my head was hurting, so <laughs> you know I wouldn't have said I was enjoying it at that moment. But um, yeah, let me think. I actually really liked my fight against Brian Crichton, which a lot of people probably didn't see. That was in Bama, um, right. and that was just a, a three round decision. But it, you know, I just feel I I just picked him apart, and you know, it was a a fight where I've come out with no damage, you know, and I've got to showcase my skills and that was nice, nice to see. You know, obviously it's amazing getting a, a quick knockout or a quick submission, but, you know, sometimes you do actually want to, you know, have a bit of a competition and, yeah. you know, get to showcase your skills almost. Absolutely, man. Um, a few other things to go into. Right, we mentioned it a second ago and, and Nate, you were the one who brought it up. Costa. <laughs> um, so, the situation with him, we've, we've all seen it. He was drinking the night before his fight with Adesanya, so Sober Costa is apparently still undefeated. Right, for me, this has to go down as one of the worst MMA excuses of all time in history for a loss. But it got me thinking, what other excuses have we heard that are just cringeworthy to hear? So I've got a list of three, then I want to give then give you guys the opportunity as well to basically say what you guys think is if there's any more that come to mind. Number one, uh, number three, sorry, we'll start off number three. Obviously, Costa Adesanya, this one just recently, I said, for me, that's one of the worst I've heard because it's almost saying, yeah, I didn't take, I, I, I wasn't approaching this as a professional. It's almost, I don't see anyone who's reacted to this and gone, yeah, fair play, Costa, actually. Yeah, actually, I like you more because of this. I think most people have gone, 
Why on earth would you say that? So that's that's my third. My second was O'Malley versus Vera. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love the little giggle there. For me, this was... I get what, what went down in that fight. I don't take anything away from Vera. I thought the fight was a bit of a shame. But O'Malley then going on to say all the excuses he came up with it. And then someone's he, some, he put a tweet out there saying something like, oh, Vera's shit or something like that after he's lost Aldo. And someone said... If Vera's shit, what does that make you? And he said, undefeated. <laughs> well, hold on, mate. I'm I'm not sure it does, really. What's so, he smoking? <laughs> exactly, mate. Exactly. So that was another one where I just remember thinking, it wasn't even an excuse. It was more, okay, as I said, hands in head moment. But my number one, <clears throat> the ultimate fighter, season five finale, Gray Maynard versus Rob Emerson. If you guys have seen it, um, in the second round of the fight, Gray Maynard manages to catch hold of Rob, slam him onto the ground, and TKO's Emerson from that. However, the slam that put Emerson out also put Maynard out. So <laughs> he, he slams straight onto his head like a DDT from WWE. Um, he rolls over, and he's clearly concussed. The fight ends in a no contest, and my favourite <clears> thing <throat> about it is that Gray is there on the on the mic with Joe, and he's going, no, I don't understand this. I was fine. I was fine. Joe's like, right, just just watch this. He ended up going, yeah, yeah, I felt the tap for him, so I rolled over, and yeah, I was tired, but he was led on my arm, so I just, I left, and he is clearly, clearly knocked out. It's so clear, he has gone to see Peter Pan in Neverland. So that was my ultimate, just excuse after a fight where you think, it's awful. So what other excuses have we seen, guys? Is there anyone that can come to mind for yourselves? Well, I've got one that uh, I'm not going to mention the guy's name because I know him personally, but yeah, he had uh, sex supposedly the night before his fight, and therefore <laughs> that's the reason why he lost. You know? <laughs> what? So, yeah, I'm going to put that one down as the, the worst excuse I've heard. Well, see, that's interesting because I've heard people say that before that some people don't have sex for like three months beforehand. Maybe yeah, six. yeah. I get that, but the fact that that was used for the excuse, you almost think. Wow, I don't know whether to fist bump you and say, yeah, fair play, mate, or to, <laughs> yeah. to go, what you want about? Uh, what about you, Sean? Any? Nah, I haven't got any. Sean, your mic's gone a little bit crackly there, mate, so it's a few minutes to out. No worries. I um, got any, I don't think. No, no, no so from, from my end, the only other one that I, I would say, um, Alistair Overeem comes to mind with it as well, when uh, he took Stipe down, and he says, oh, I clearly felt the tap, and Stipe ends up going on to TKO him, um, and then... He's literally watching it in the octagon with Joe. And he goes, yeah, yeah, I felt, I felt the tap right there. And Joe goes, I don't see it. And this is in front of the entire crowd. And he's going, well, I don't know, but I felt the tap. And you think, oh, that's that's not too great. Um, but talking about Overeem, him and JDS, Junior Santos, have been released this morning from the UFC. That was mental news. What did you guys think? Oh, I, 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 you, that's just new to me. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Ofreem and Junior Santos have been uh, let go by the UFC. They're no longer going to be UFC fighters. Yeah. To me, that is mad. I mean, I get maybe this was Ofreem's last run, um, so the lost Volkov maybe maybe was the end for him as well. It's not. It might not be the UFC going. Oh yeah, we're just going to cut him now because he was on a two fight win streak before that. But I think that Ofreem going is a bit of a shock to the system. I understand more with JDS because he's on a four fight losing streak now. He yes, he's lost against some of the top competition, but he has lost in in not great fashion either. It's been quite. Um, it's looked like he's he's out of pace now, but 
as I said, JDS, Overeem, are no longer UFC fighters. So that's a bit of a shock to the system. And uh, as I said, Nate, um, I didn't know you didn't know that. So it's... Uh, yeah, nah, that's news to me, mate. But uh, GC, is Overeem not retiring, potentially? Well, that's what I'm thinking. Is I, I don't know if it's... I don't think it's the UFC who have gone... Yeah, we, you're just not nah, fighting nah. for a while. I think maybe nah. Overeem's also had that conversation with Dana and said, yeah, this is probably... Maybe that was the conversation beforehand that, yes, he went on two-fight win streak, but maybe in that win streak he'd said, but when I lose, that is the end of it now. Um, so yeah. that, that's that's where I would see that going, because also, obviously, the loss to Volkov as well was a little bit of a a hard one to take. I think, mm-hmm. I think everyone saw that as well. It wasn't a one-punch that you went, oh, that was the moment. I think it was a little bit, once more... Maybe a few years back, he would have been able to stay in there. So maybe that's that's a conversation he's had with himself and with Dana and said, yeah, actually, we'll call it a day when I lose. And he, he lost Volkov. So yeah. I, I would like to see Overeem remain in the sport, um, whether that is as a commentator or doing something with the UFC, making sure that he's still remembered as, as a poster guy well, for it. What, what I think would be cool is if he went on to um, you know, 1FC and they do the, the kickboxing with MMA gloves. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. See him That'd back in there, yeah. doing that. You know. Well, I saw a report earlier that Rising FC might be interested in signing him, and I think they'll do a similar thing like that. So if that if that's a possibility, then we might still see Overeem fighting again, whether or not it's it's in MMA officially. Um, I don't know, but that would be incredibly cool. I quite like ones the way one promote things. They they do MMA bouts, kickboxing bouts, and Muay Thai bouts. I believe, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Yes. And and some of them, some of the fights that go on there are seriously impressive um, and they've obviously got such an amazing following out there if if we can get him over there I think it'd be awesome to watch that as well but guys that is all we have time for what an episode this has been um, first of all thank you to everyone out there to tuning in to Ultimate MMA Podcast but a big thank you to you Nate mate thank you so much for joining us this week thank you for obviously shining on different topics as well I know sometimes uh, it, it was great to talk about yourself, but it's also lovely to, to have such a down-to-earth guy on it and also talk about everything in MMA, not just promoting promoting that one person. So I really appreciate your time, man. Uh, mate, anytime. Thanks for having me on, as always. Absolute pleasure. Sean, mate, as always, thank you so much. Oh, you were our guest last week. You are our host this week. That's what I like to see. <laughs> Spot, mate. But, Nate, best of luck with everything with the house and yeah. this new dog coming along, man. Is it boy or girl? It's a boy, so you know I'm gonna have to um, <laughs> let let him know who's boss from the get go. So he's gonna be there. Uh, he's rings around me, mate. As I said, best of luck with it. Can't wait to see you Thank back you. in there, man. Best of luck with this recovery as well, and hopefully, in maybe a month or two, whenever your hand is back there, then we get to see your fight. Um, whether whoever it's against, is there any particular name you'd want at all, or just? Uh, I would love a um, uh, Casey Kenny rematch, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I can't imagine he's going to want to give me that. So, you know, Marlon Vera, um, that also makes a great match. Or Sean O'Malley, you know, he Ooh. had a little bit of back and forth with him on Twitter. And, you know, he said, let's scrap. And next thing, he's got a fight. So, yeah, you know, he, oh, I'm mate. not going to say he was ducking me, but, you know, I, I was game. So, yeah. 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 Well, as I said this earlier. When, when you've said you're game, you've stuck by that. You haven't said I'm game and then there's all this, oh, you haven't signed the contract. You've said you're game. So if Sean has said he would like that match-up um, or let's fight at least, then I think that should be made. Um, that's an awesome fight. It's a prospect in, in America that a lot of people saw as being someone who they were going to try and promote massively. Obviously yeah. yourself, you are the prospect. You are the UK's guy for MMA, the, the 
up-and-coming fighter who's not only already done it, but continuing to rise. So I don't see why that fight shouldn't be made. Um, I think that'd be awesome. But if not, as I said, that Vera fight for me, I, whether it's not the next fight, I don't know, but it has to happen at some point. Yeah. Um, it would be awesome, man. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, I get it. <laughs> okay, Fight Fans, be sure to let us know any feedback for the podcast. And once more, make sure to tune in next time to the Ultimate MMA Podcast. Thank you.